Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Welcome, everybody, to the 8 to 8.30 segment. You're in with Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire's Breakfast Club. 
We bring you motivation, education, and inspiration. And boy, oh boy, does my guest today ever do that in spades. We actually run this every day, 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. And there's been some incredible speakers. I can't imagine another place where I'd see so many thought leaders just collaborating and the conversation and leveling up has been incredible. There's over 80 thought leaders that pop in here daily on top of the people that they know. And if you're curious about achieving expertise and productivity, growth, balance, and branding, trust me, this episode is the one for you. If you scroll to the stage, there's a gentleman. I don't know if he's actually, I just saw him up here two seconds ago named Ryan Sirhans. So if you don't know who Ryan Sirhan is, I'm going to give you a little bit of context. Amanda, if you can keep an eye out for him too as he's popping back in, there's my boy. Ryan's a very interesting character. So I met him a number of years ago, um, and I like to say there's two versions of Justin. There's Justin 1.0 with limited thinking that, you know, gets told something about an opportunity and all of a sudden, you know, makes makes a narrative about it. And I think we all do that with people, right? We look at people from a distance and we make assumptions about them. A really good friend of mine told me, I just flew to New York. I met this dude. He is building something special. You need to meet him. I was a little skeptical, but my wife being smarter than me was like, just go down there, fly down there. What could hurt? And met with him for 45 minutes. What he doesn't know is at this time, I was actually about to hire a mentor to really bring me to the next level. I was kind of falling forward, didn't have direction, and I just needed some accountability. Sat down with the dude. He opened up his doors to me. Let me tell you, like the culture, the people that were there were actually one of the biggest light bulbs for me. And then when I sat down with him, he just told me everything. He told me how he built his team, the split structures, talking to developers, gave me all of the secrets, which to me was a huge indication that he was moving at a speed that even if he told me all this now, where he was heading was going to be somewhere incredible. Got back in the cab, called my wife. I said, I'm not hiring this other guy who's not even in real estate. Can I write an email to Ryan and give him basically a blank check to say, I'll pay you to have that meeting once a year just because I want to be in proximity. This is where the rubber hits the road. His response was, I don't really do that right now. You know, just pop by the office anytime you're in New York and, and really just open the door. And to me, that's an indication of character. I harassed him for a little bit, used one of his own strategies about following up, following back and following through. I sent a cameo of Dean Kane, the guy that played Superman to try and convince him to mentor me. Lo and behold, a year later, he launches this incredible coaching platform all in, changed my life. And what I wanted to do today was introduce you to Ryan and walk through from a high level that he's more than just a real estate agent, right? He's, probably to me more inspiring for the way that he treats his wife and how he's helped me understand how to be a better husband, how much he loves his little girl and does everything for her. His why is very special, how he's a servant leader and is building one of the most incredible cultures I've ever seen because the people in proximity to him are thriving under him in their own power, not just working for him. The other two things I want to say is he's absolutely relentless. So if you ever want to get around somebody who's going to make you feel like you want to get after it and the talk clock is ticking, he's the guy and also a maverick. So he's had a lot of adversity and people have told him, you're never going to do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. And I really want to explain to you all how he does it through his own words. So Ryan, I'm going to have you hand out a whole bunch of keys to people, but can you give a little bit of intro and context to anybody living under a rock who doesn't know who you are? Well, first of all, good morning. How's Canada? It is warmer than you would think, but it's wonderful. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. actually pretty warm. <laughs> um, thanks for having me here. This is this is awesome. Uh, thanks for the intro. I appreciate it. Um, you're the man. You've always been a huge advocate for me, which I really appreciate. 
you know, I, I learned a long time ago in the sales business, um, you know, and what I sell happens to be real estate, but I work with salespeople all over the world and through, you know, the TV show, Million Dollar Listing. Um, you know, I, I hear from salespeople all over the world who sell other things. I think actually the biggest audience for Million Dollar Listing New York, which is a real estate show, are, are salespeople who don't sell real estate. Um, and that's how Sell It Like Sirhan came around, how the book happened and the course and all that stuff. Um, uh, but what I found to be so true is that if you want to be super successful in sales, you need to realize who your customer is and what you're selling. And the day I realized that real estate is not what I'm selling and that my customer has nothing to do with real estate, but my customer is actually other salespeople and what I'm actually selling are real estate agents to other real estate agents, um, everything kind of changed for me. And that's when I really started to build a business and stop going from deal to deal to deal to deal to deal. And I think if you ask anybody else, no matter what they sell, they sell copiers, they sell insurance, they sell whatever. It's the other salespeople who help build that sales business. But um, to anyone who lives under a rock, which would be pretty easy, because I, I don't think that many people um, you know, know who I am or, or you know, unless you follow real estate, I guess. Um, I am 37, live in New York City, based in New York City. Got into the real estate business because I totally ran out of money in 2008. Had no idea what to do. And so someone said, rent apartments on Craigslist to people where you live, which is Koreatown at the time, uh, pay your bills. That way you won't have to move home. And at the time home was, uh, Colorado. So I wouldn't have been homeless, but I would have left New York and I would have, I don't know, I'd still be in Colorado, I guess today. Um, and so got my real estate license and just got addicted to the game and got addicted to the idea that if I work a lot, I can make more money and no one will tell me to not do that. <laughs> and I had so many friends who had jobs where they got hourly wages and salaries and no matter what they did like their fate was completely determined by one two or a hundred other people and i didn't ever want that um and then built it from there got onto million dollar listing in 2012 totally by a fluke and then just built and built and built and then my life changed the day i met justin conical and now it's why i'm here you make me laugh you know i do want to pause on that for a second right because i mean so many people they give themselves self-defeating narratives before they get to New York City, right? Right? Like when you get to New York and you're not from there and you don't know anybody, yeah, you know, I'm yeah. sure the old school heads are like, oh, you got no business doing there. You're never going to work with developers. Our relationships go back 30, 40 years. Like, who are you? So how did you push through that noise? Ignorance is bliss. It is one of the truest sayings ever. You know, put blinders on and who cares? I, 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 I gotta tell you, like, I think the... Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. The hardest thing to do is try to make it into an industry you know too much about because you are too overwhelmed. All you're going to think about is everybody else because you know too much about them. You know, like you, you know too much about what's going on. You, you hear too many naysayers. I, I think a big key to why I was able to build my career the way I did and when I did is I just, I was uneducated and I totally appreciate it. 
I didn't get into real estate to be the biggest real estate broker in the world or to sell towers. I got into real estate so I could pay rent because who in the world wants to be a realtor at the time, right? At the time, you got to remember like 2008, 2009, one, the, the world had, was on fire, much like it was last year, um, uh, albeit for different reasons. And two, like the only real estate agents I'd ever met were either much older and on their second or third careers, okay? Um, or they were just young and paying the bills um, while they were trying to figure out what they wanted to do with their life. There's a, you know, maybe like a 5% of the realtors, you know, that were licensed at the time, I think kind of globally, <coughs> who actually were born saying, I want to sell real estate. Everyone else got into it for a different reason. And that was much like, like me. And so I think had I known that this was an old boys network, had I known that I should have gone to an Upper East Side private school so I could have met all those kids who had those dads as hedge funders and developers, I might have been too intimidated even to get into the business. My pure you know, uh, unbridled ignorance is what allowed me to succeed because I just didn't know any better. Um, and I, I, I see that now with other people too, who can just wake up and keep moving because, you know, it's like a, it's like a fight, right? You walk right into it because you, you don't know what it's like to get punched in the face, but the minute you know what it's like to get punched in the face over and over, now you start carrying yourself a little bit differently and you won't take as many risks. Um, and so, yeah, that's, 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 that was the key early on. You know, the, when I gave my little spiel before on, on how we met, I think what I didn't mention was more than a real estate agent or, you know, a public figure, you're an actual practitioner, right? And that's why I sent you the book. Actually, I sent the same book to Tamara Andress. Um, it was Breathe by Hicks and Gracie, who's like the Michael Jordan of jujitsu, because you do approach real estate from a martial arts perspective, right? Like you have this constant thirst for growth and I remember so many times you told me, like, just get good at the basics, right? Understand your market like nobody's business and, and become undeniable. And then, you know, having the gatekeepers doesn't really matter anymore because eventually they're going to find out, right, through proximity, through content production. And you're doing a lot of that as well. But before we get into the content production side of things, because I do want people to understand where your head's at with that, where does that thirst come from and how do you think about growth versus just, you know, hit goals? I think there are two types of people, um, and, and and I do think it, it's it's possible to change which type of person you are, but I do think you're, you're kind of born two ways. The, the one type of person looks at a mountain and says, oh, I need to climb it because it's there. I mean, I, I can't not climb it. It's just going to stare at me all day long. It's a, it's a fucking mountain. And then you have the other type of person who says, that seems like a lot. I can just walk around. I mean, let me, let me build a tunnel. I mean, let me figure this out. Um, and, you know, both paths have their own sets um, and processes of fulfillment, and neither path is right or wrong. I think I've just always been the kind of person, for better and for worse, where, like, uh, why would I not try? You know, and it's why I've always said that I, I'd rather regret the things I did than the things I never tried, because, like, life is super short, you know, and, and 2020 taught that to us too. And, you know, I, maybe I had a very good friend when I was younger and I've never told anyone this before. Um, but I had a very, very good friend when I was younger who committed suicide. He hung himself in his bedroom over Christmas and his parents had to find him. And it just like, 
it really switched the way I thought about the sun coming up every day. Um, so it's like, if he had just waited another day, if someone had given him like a present or like a, a good phone call, or if he had saw a funny mood or like, I don't know, maybe, or maybe it was just a chemical imbalance and it was going to happen no matter what. I don't know. Um, but our, our time here is so limited and so short. Like I felt like I got into real estate yesterday and it's now been 13 years. I had a panic attack last year because I was starting my own firm in the middle of a pandemic. And what the fuck was I doing? What am I thinking? And now it's already been over a year. Like what it's, we have no sense of what time really means or what it really does to our minds or what it really does to our bodies until it's passed us by. And, um, and I want to make the absolute most of it. And I think that that's what really drives me. Um, and you could say there's a little bit of a feel of failure, fear of failure there. Sure. There's a little bit of, you know, a fear of wasted potential, you know, sure. There's, there's a lot now, um, of responsibility, you know, and the more I grow and the more agents that come on that I really care about and the more I hire for staff, the more I, I look around and say, damn, like I got to work even harder tomorrow because now all these people depend on me in some way. Like if I don't show up, I, I, I could hurt people now. So now I've got to build and do even more and more and more. But I think it just all kind of stems back to just the, the simple, simple idea that our time on earth is limited so we should make the absolute most of it. Otherwise, you're just letting your future self down. Future Ryan. I would encourage everybody actually to go check out his YouTube channel for two reasons. One, it's a great blueprint for what YouTube can actually do for you. There's a lot of celebrities that have been on various real estate shows, but the growth trajectory, um, Ryan, is very, very different than all of them. And I think that goes to show that, you know, I think a lot of people that call me about you, Ryan, and I've never told you this, I tell them, I'm like, listen, if you're going to get into, you know, his ecosystem, don't go there for the photo op and try to make him your best friend because everybody's going to try and do that, right? He's a practitioner. Bring him a complex problem and he'll get excited because it's just fun for him, right? Like he likes likes the actual work and which is why I see that growth trajectory continuing. But now I'm going to introduce you to a really good friend of mine. Amanda Dahl is an absolute beast when it comes to real estate operations. And I know she's got some questions around how you manage your operations. Amanda, are you there to ask Ryan your question? I am. Thank you, Justin. Hey, Ryan, it is so great to share space with you today. Um, so I appreciate time. Um, so, you know, I know First of all, I just have to say, I absolutely love your story. And I think one of the things that's so great about you is that not only are you super relatable, but you're extremely likable. And I think that's why you resonate with people. And I know your story. I know you've got something like over 60 employees and it's like over six or seven different states. And so I would like to know that likability and that relatability that you have with people, like how does that help in your leadership and getting your arms around such a big group of people over such a large mass? Um, <laughs> such a weird question for me to answer as me. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't know, like do unto others as you wish others would do unto you, you know, like the golden rule is kind of what it comes back to. And again, like life is short. Why would I be a jerk to anybody? Um, and I do believe in karma. I do believe that what comes around goes around. Um, I, I also think that again, you know, uh, the way we act as adults is formed by the way we were treated as kids. 
And I think that I saw when I was growing up, I, you know, had a lot of bullies. I bounced around to eight different schools just for various reasons um, before I hit fourth grade. And uh, I just like never wanted to be that type of person. And I never wanted to do anything with, you know, a hammer. I'd always rather do it with like a hug or a handshake. And that, that kind of sounds lame. Um, and it doesn't mean that I, I won't be ruthless and I can't be tough. But at the same time, like I'd rather be super nice and lead with kindness and work with people who are nice as well than have to deal with like total jerks. Um, uh, because I do think you get what's coming to you. Um, uh, and so, I don't know, I, I've just always tried to work with people that I really like. And, you know, some, something here, you know, we, we started the, the firm last year, right? Sir Hant, the new brokerage firm. And I, I had a decision that I had to make at the beginning, which was really hard, which is, okay, the minute I announce this, I could be at 100, 200, 300 agents really quick, right? People have been following me for a long time. I built up a large real estate agent fan base. Um, I could do this pretty fast and build up volume and, you know, get to a high ranking real fast, but I, I, or I could have quality control and I could only bring on people that are nice, that are also really hardworking and great real estate agents. And that's a really, really tough person to find. And so I chose the latter, you know, I'd rather go slower and be more calculated and work with good people who are nice then just be at a much, much higher number and have a grab bag of, of personalities and, and people, because that's also the quickest way to poison like a great meal. You know, you add one bad ingredient and then the whole meal sucks. Um, and I see that happen at a lot of other firms when they make that same mistake. And so I've just really moved to, you know, quality over quantity, no matter where we are, where we're growing or who we're hiring for. Super insightful. And I do want to dig into that culture piece, but I just got probably the most important question I've ever heard in my life from one of your <laughs> biggest fans. Oh, I'm so sorry. I got a phone call. Give me one second. Sorry. Asking the question. So when you have bad habits, how do you break out of them? Well, hello. How are you? Um, Good. Thanks for listening. When you have bad habits, how do you break out of them? Um, I, I am big into game theory, so I, I can't just break a habit because I tell myself to break a habit. Um, I can't just do it because someone else tells me to do it. I set a goal for myself. Okay. A large goal. So I don't know, let's say the habit is, um, I don't know, let's say you, uh, sleep in, right? something people ask me about all the time. Let's say you have a, you have a bad habit of not waking up early in the morning and you feel like you want to wake up earlier because you're going to get more done with your day. I set a larger goal for myself, you know, when I'm rested that says, okay, I want to wake up by this time. That would be really great for me. I think I could do a lot more with that. And I'll give myself um, a month to figure it out. Now you don't go cold Turkey. You don't all of a sudden start tomorrow. You do two things. One, you set up uh, micro goals. So you have micro wins. It's much easier to do something on a small scale than it is to do on a much bigger scale. Okay. And you set yourself up with an accountability partner. Uh, we made a YouTube video a couple years ago, uh, that gets passed around all the time about finding an account buddy. So you find somebody else that wants to do the same thing with you and you hold each other to it. Um, and there's nothing 
worse than peer pressure. <laughs> so um, if somebody else is going to beat you to it, right, now all of a sudden it becomes a game. And so if you want to wake up earlier, you don't have to wake up at 5 a.m. tomorrow. Tomorrow you wake up 10 minutes earlier. And you've got to do it. Otherwise, your accountability partner might beat you, you know, and you can set up a prize and set up something you can win. Um, and if you do it the right way and you incentivize yourself, right, your brain will reward you if you give your brain rewards. Your brain is never going to allow you to break a habit if there is no reward because that's just not how we're wired, right? Due to evolution, we need incentive. We need to have that reward, whether it's the birthday cake or the ice cream party or money or whatever it might be. Um, and that's how I've broken bad habits in the past. Definitely not easy. Um, but as I see other people kind of set up those micro goals, micro wins, and then get that accountability partner, you can break any habit. Yeah, I mean, tell me that wasn't one of the most powerful questions from a seven-year-old. I, mean, I still remember when you FaceTimed her and Shannon when we were in New York and they were insanely sick at the hotel. I mean, that speaks to what you were talking about earlier, right? Like you made time. And I think, again, our relationship is a testament to that where – you know, I, I just made a bet on myself through investing in a relationship. And even if I just talk to you once a year and I tell you, hey, man, this is what I want to do. I know next year. I mean, it's not you that has to do it. I got to show up and say, did I do it or did I not? Right. And it's a constant evolution and, and redirection and having people in your ecosystem to bounce that off of is key. That's what I want to dig into next. I mean, the culture, I think of Raph, I think of Sid, I think of Kyle, I think of all the talent. I see what Joe is doing with noise. I mean, people don't really understand what you're up to, which is why I want them to look into you. But what does that mean to you? And how on earth did you find these people? Finding good people is the absolute hardest thing to do in the world. I, like it, it is finding one good person is harder to do than selling a $50 million apartment. You know, like it's it just, it, it just is what it is. Um, for a lot of various reasons. One, there's there's a lot of different places that a lot of people can work. Um, and sometimes the people that want to work for you are not the best. And so how do you find others? And it's it's just really, really, really hard. Um, and everyone I've found so far, and I think this is true kind of anywhere, I've kind of found by accident. You know, like Kyle, who runs ventures and runs the course and is incredibly important to our entire, uh, our entire business. Like I met him when he was a digital producer at NBC doing like online content. Um, and he was just super smart. And we, you know, we hit it off and then talked a little bit and then talked a little bit more. And then and now here we are. Um, Sydney read uh, Salt Like Sirhant and sent us an email. And, but it was a really, really great email, super detailed. It's like, hmm, interesting. Maybe she'd like to work for us as we started building. Um, Raphael actually came, you know, a recruiter helped us find him. And uh, we were a totally random choice, I think, for him. But that was, that was you know, uh, that was great. Joe Loresca found me. Um, he hunted me down for like a year and followed up with me and followed up with me and followed up with me until I was like, dude, what do you want? Um, and then we just started talking. And I think uh, the key to people is just trust. Like if you can find somebody that you trust and that you feel comfortable with, uh, with work, and with details, with your secrets, right? With anything, whether they're good at a job or great at a job, keep them and keep them with you. You cannot hire trust. You cannot find trust. It's really, really, really difficult. Um, and when you find it, 
hold on to it. And then people will grow into different roles, right? People will evolve into different things. Um, and that's, that's where kind of promoting from within comes from. So I think the beauty in what you just said is it may have been uh, by chance or serendipitous that you ran into these individuals, yet earlier you stated you knew exactly what you were looking for. You were looking for people that were kind. You were looking for people that were hard workers and that wanted to be productive and produce. So I think it's awesome that you ran into these people by accident. And yet, because you knew what you were looking for, it probably made the process, I would I would guess, and I would love for you to comment on it, it probably made the the process for you just that much simpler because you you identified it when you saw it so whether it was through a recruiter or it was someone introduced you to that person it's like i always say when you know what talent you're looking for you will absolutely identify it when you run into it because you're very clear on who those individuals are what are your thoughts on that yeah i mean i think i i i try to be a good judge of character um, I, I can tell within the first minute or two whether I'm going to like somebody, right, or whether uh, this is going to work for me. Um, and if I feel like I don't like them or it's not going to work for me, I do still give them the benefit of the doubt because I can understand that someone's first conversation with anyone, especially like in an interview process, can be a bit nerve wracking. And so, you know, sometimes you got to, you know, lighten the mood or uh, the conversation topic, which is why, like, people, when we hire them, whether it's agents or staff, um, there's a multiple round interview process and I am like kind of the least important. They've got to jive with everybody. And if I don't get a total sign off across the board, then that person doesn't get to work here. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I, that's kind of how I look at it. I, I love, love it. So I do have, oh, go ahead, Justin. No, no, you're good, Amanda. Finish your thought. I was going to say, I do have a follow-up question. So I know you went to school for uh, acting or theater, I believe, was your major, correct? Yeah, theater and uh, English literature. Right. And I believe when you got to New York, you actually did uh, a bit of modeling for a short time. And that was around the time that I think when you started, you said, I was broken. I got into real estate. Yet, hand, I think hand modeling. Hand modeling. <laughs> well, which is classic. <laughs> I was going to let you uncover that. I wasn't going to call you out there, right? <laughs> I was just going to say modeling. In any event, I think it's so I think it's so interesting that you entered the market like you said when literally it crashed. Like you got into real estate when everyone literally had no choice but to get out. Can you talk to us a little bit about what your mindset was around that? Cuz like you just didn't say I'm going to go climb that hill. Like you're you were about to climb a massive mountain. So like what was your thought process when when you decided, like, I'm just going to go for it. Um, for just to go for real estate, you mean? Right. Yeah. I, like, I, again, I was completely ignorant to it. Like, I, I, I didn't really make that decision early on that I'm just going to go for real estate. Real estate was my survival job. I was trying to hand model and do theater and film and TV and, you know, get on another soap opera because I just got fired off of one of them and, um, like, that's what I cared about. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I spent more of my time doing until slowly but surely the business and the work of being a professional actor started really wearing on me compared to the business and work of being a real estate agent, which I think was a big key to my success in those first couple years in real estate for me. Because, you know, in New York, I think it's something like 82 or 83% of all newly licensed real estate agents quit in the first 12 months. 
because the because it's just too hard. It's too hard to make money. It's it takes a long time to kind of get up and running. Um, and people can't stand rejection and the nose and you run around with someone for two days all day long. And then they ghost you and rent an apartment with somebody else. And you're like, why, why am I doing this? I didn't get paid. I, I should get paid. Um, and so for me, it was, I didn't really care. Plus the rejection in real estate is not nearly as bad as the rejection in acting. Like in acting, the rejection is, is because of your face. <laughs> the rejection is because of the sound of your voice. It is brutally personal. Um, um, and you know, the, you're always told like, well, you just weren't right for the part. I'm like, okay, but that's because of who I am as a person, um, <laughs> or my talent, uh, in real estate. Like, I, I don't know any time when anyone didn't buy an apartment because of the shape of my nose or because of the color of my hair or because my weight, you know, and like anything personal is always just because nah, they found something else or they decided to work with somebody else or they had a friend who was doing it or they decided not to buy something anymore. And so I never let any of that stuff get to me, even if I was pissed off. Um, and so I was able just to, you know, focus on a lot of different things and then just focus on the volume. Right. I also think that early on, I was never individually focused on deal to deal to deal. Like the minute I said, okay, I like this real estate thing. I like the idea that the harder I work, the more money I make and the bigger I can be. I like the idea that I can do whatever I want all day long and no one's ever going to stop me. I like the idea that no one's ever going to tell me that I sold too much. <laughs> like I like the idea that if I want to do some creative marketing thing, I can and no one's going to tell me not to. Um, I, I like that, right? I like all that. I think that's, I think that's all kind of um, right along the ways I've always thought about my entire life. And so let's just do more of that. And who cares what anybody else thinks? Like, so what? Um, if I, you know, it's like when I did Million Dollar Listing, that casting, a lot of people told me not to do it and told me, you know, if I do it, I'm not going to get all this business and people aren't going to want to work with me, you know, the titans of industry and all that. And, but like, there's 8 billion people on the planet. So like, who cares if a billion of them say they don't want to work with me because I did something on TV or I did some weird marketing thing, then there might just be another billion who now know about me who otherwise wouldn't have known about me. And then maybe I could work with some of them. So like, again, who cares? I, we spend so much time focusing on what other people think. And we spend so much time being afraid of being embarrassed. Like that's the other thing that I think we have to come to reality with and what social media has really done to us is I don't think people are afraid of failure anymore. I don't think people are afraid of trying things. I think they're afraid of being embarrassed publicly through social media. I think they're afraid of not showing that they're successful. And that fear of embarrassment um, is a real epidemic. I think like that's a real, real thing. And it makes me really nervous about the future for the next generation and the generation after that. Like we've all got to be okay with trying and doing everything we possibly can and not be afraid that it's not going to work out and we're going to be embarrassed, right? We've got to get over that feeling. And if we can, it unlocks so many possibilities. I love you so much for that, brother. I think that was one of the best things I've heard you say. So if people are listening and they haven't clipped that on the audio app and save it, go do that. I would be remiss not to make an introduction to Glenn Lundy, top left corner, Ryan. He asks one of my favorite questions of all time. Glenn, are you there to do this outro and connect with Ryan? 
he is probably tied out, but I will ask the question for him because you made time for us. I definitely appreciate it so much, Ryan. Obviously, you know, if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. But I got a question for you from Glenn. So you're standing on the top of a mountain and you have a microphone and the entire world can hear you. What is your message to the world? Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) So many different answers. Um, uh, I would probably say something. It's just like kind of what we were talking about before. Um, If you work really hard and you're really nice, only great things will happen. You know, I think if people just knew that and didn't pay attention to all the other noise and all the other people and didn't focus so much on the stats and the rankings and the money and everything else we get so focused on and just focused on working hard at what you want to do and being nice to everybody around you, you will have such an awesome life. Um, And it would be better for all of us too, you know? appreciate you brother and i know you never go for the hard sell so i'll do it for you if you got any value from this episode go to his youtube channel subscribe leave positive comments on every single one of his videos buy his book big money energy if you're curious about sales sell it like sirhan is a book i actually read every single year and i actually do the course every single year with my entire team because i do believe you got to work on the basics you know be a martial artist set your craft Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.